think for demolition, I think there is a really strong case for getting humans out of the loop. Yeah, I, th I think the ethical implications of roboticization of construction is a major challenge that needs to be addressed. The demolition and construction industry is developing at a faster pace than ever before. New equipment, new technology and new forms of fuel are revolutionising the sector and changing the very landscape of the industry. We have created an entirely new audio and video podcast series to chart that progress and to help keep you abreast of these rapid and revolutionary changes. This is Tech Foresights. Depending on your viewpoint, robots are the key to man's freedom from labour or a mass unemployment event just waiting to happen. The inevitable next step in human development or the first step towards a dystopian future. Regardless of your viewpoint, there can be little doubt that the robots are coming and one of the key areas they're targeting is demolition and construction. I caught up with Sam Wood at Navtech Radar to discuss the potential for robots in the construction sector and I started by asking him about what he describes as the four D's of robotization. When we think about tasks that could be completed by robots, they're a good measure on whether they're appropriate to be completed by um, robots. So the four Ds are dirty, dangerous, dull, and dear. So if we can, if we think about tasks that um, that meet some of these some of these kind of uh, requirements, then they are good to automate or good to good to, to apply robotics to. So these um, tasks are often very repetitive and maybe high risk, which is the, the dangerous part, or they could cost a lot. And, and, and therefore, um, robots can perform these tasks more efficiently and safely than, than the humans. And to be honest, in the next 30 years, uh, there will be a higher um, requirement for the construction industry as there are growing demands for safer and more efficient um, construction projects. So some of these kind of um, uh, applications could be things like demolition, excavation, very heavy lifting, and that may require more advanced robotics in the years to come. And these four Ds are just a way of uh, describing tasks that robotics can be applied to. It's interesting you should mention there's two things I'll pick up on that. The, the first is dirty, dangerous, dull, and dear. That pretty much sums up virtually every aspect of the construction industry. But we're speaking on the same day that the um, Construction Industry Training Boards uh, has announced that we're going to need a, about another 50,000 workers. We're talking human workers at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, per year for the next four years. Do robots slot into that, do you believe? I think there are, I think it's a, it's a good point. I mean, we, we, we don't want to just replace humans with robots. We want to open up tasks that were previously not able to be completed by robots or, or new ways of, or, or, or new methods. So a good example of that would be uh, 3D printing houses with, with kind of more advanced materials or inspecting damaged tunnels or, or, or buildings where currently we, we would consider that too dangerous for a human to do. So therefore it doesn't, um, it's not something we, we would, we would kind of, um, uh, complete. So, so I mean, when we're thinking about kind of where can robotics open up new jobs and that's the, that's the exciting thing for me, not just cost saving and, and, and taking humans out of the loop. It's about doing things that humans can't possibly can't do currently and actually opening up new job opportunities so i mean a really good example of that is the the drone industry where people the the, the advent of drones and the ability to um uh, inspect things that were previously un, uninspectable uh, has opened up new jobs and then for surveyors and for analysts so 
it, it can have a really positive impact on um and, and human jobs but there are certainly uh tasks which i i, I believe are better suited to, to for robots you mentioned that so let's pick up on a bit of that what roles do you believe are best suited to robotization and um i i guess obviously safety is going to be one but what benefits do you think we can we can expect to enjoy when robotization actually takes hold so, so really it's about um at the moment from my perspective it's around repetitive physically demanding or dangerous tasks that currently humans are having to to um partake in so by by automating these tasks or taking the human out of the loop on that or maybe rather than taking the human out of the loop entirely having the loop monitor a system that is actually completing the task we can improve maybe the efficiency of the task and but more importantly the safety of the task and actually reducing the uh the, the likelihood that that person is going to not come home after a day's work which is which is critical um really and so we, we've seen that i mean in in other sectors so things like the mining industry where we've replaced we've taken people out of um deep mines where it was dangerous we now have them working on the surface and they are healthier and they are able to still do a job and do a job quicker and more efficiently than they were previously able to do so it's all about improving safety and is a key thing and then and the efficiency gains are also enabling us to do more obviously robots exist they exist in on factory floors and that kind of thing so bearing in mind that they do exist what has prevented construction from adopting robotization up until this point and, and i guess what is the stumbling blocks that are preventing is making your your vision a reality i guess i mean some of the things that we've um i mean that we can highlight very quickly are things like high cost so robotic systems and equipment can be quite expensive to purchase and maintain so that can make them kind of cost prohibitive for certain construction companies um, and on top of that is that some lack of skilled personnel so there's a shortage of skilled workers you're actually trained and uh, and able to maintain these robotic systems which can make it quite difficult for adopting the technologies that, for the companies and there are other parts that i think are really important and really coming to the to, coming to the fore in 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 construction but also in uh, things like mining agriculture and logistics and this is around the safety concerns so construction sites can be dangerous environments and it isn't practical to have robot only uh, construction sites so humans and robots are going to have to work in tandem together and so how do we make sure that we can deploy robotic systems that are safe to be used um in and around uh, human humans um and then i guess the the other thing is limited scope for application so robotic systems are currently uh, are currently used primarily as certain types of construction such as bridge and tunnel construction but they might not be practical for all other projects such as kind of inner city um residential building it might not it might at this point in time they might might not be fiscally or uh kind of practically and appropriate to be using and then one of the things we've really picked up on um, from the uh for the mining industry and this has been a big focus for the mining industry for the last couple of years is around a limited inter interoperability so it, it different robotic systems are unable to communicate with another it makes it difficult for com companies to integrate them with their existing operations so it's all about making sure that the systems we bring in uh, can seamlessly work with the systems we already have so that we don't have to have massive upheaval each time we adopt new technologies i, I was speaking to uh, a chinese manufacturer called xcmg um just a, a few weeks ago over at the bowman exhibition actually and they were talking about autonomous operation of um equipment uh, which apparently in china you can virtually do it anywhere you damn well please um 
and apparently here in Europe we have different regulations. Is that something that needs to be overcome, or, or, or are we so far ahead of ourselves now that we don't actually require the regulation and that will come? You know, could If you were to build a robot that was capable of demolishing a building tomorrow afternoon, would you be allowed to do so? Would you be allowed to, allowed to do so? So I, I think it's a really, really good point. I think um, we benefit from, from regulation and actually I think the question of whether we, re we, we reply robotics to every construction pass is complex and probably needs to be balanced with uh, with benefits and, and drawbacks. Um, I do know that uh, kind of factors such as cost, safety, and the impact on human employment do need to be taken into account. Um, so, over the next couple of years, there is going to need to be really, really careful planning and collaboration between different stakeholders, from um, from the construction companies to uh, government agencies, to really understand how do we adopt robotics in an ethically and responsible way. Um, and that would benefit human beings um, ultimately. So it's not that I can't give a binary answer, so it's complex, but th these are things that we need to, collaboration is going to be key to that. We'll come back to the question of ethics in just a second, but in a very recent episode of, of the very show that you're on at the moment, I was speaking to JCB about their electric construction equipment, and one of their teams said, we have the power, we, 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 let me say that again, we have proved that we can electrify just about anything. The question is not can we, the question is should we? That same notion kind of applies to robotization, robotizing construction and demolition tasks, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I completely agree with um, JCB on that. Um, I think the automating tasks and what, what level we automate them to, um, that's probably the differentiator for me in terms of how we look at robotics. So there are tasks that are better suited to uh, automation. So. Um, very repetitive tasks such as road laying, I can I can see a good case for making that quite high levels of automation. I think for demolition, I think there is a really strong case for getting humans out the loop, um, for, so that they can tele remote these these um, pieces of equipment to re to improve the safety. Um, I think it will it it depends how technology can be applied and whether and balancing these things across cost to, to the benefits whether full autonomy is it would be beneficial to a, to a demolition site. Um, but certainly we're seeing in quite a lot of industries the uh, tele-remote or human assist um, is a really, really sensible uh, next step in the, in the immediate, in the immediate kind of next uh, two to three years um, for the construction industry. Well, yeah. I, when I think of robots, probably exposed to too many Hollywood movies, I guess, I tend to think of sort of Android, C-3PO, iRobot type things with that that's not necessarily the case when i've i've seen actual robots applied to um construction bricklaying robots and road repair robots they look more like they belong on a factory production line rather than in a hollywood movie do we need to rethink our perception of of robots how they look and and how they're going to be part of the the workforce yeah i mean it's an interesting point i, th I think um designing a robot to take a humanoid appearance um, and then getting that robot to drive the uh, human designed uh, vehicle is pretty inefficient. You'd be almost better off uh, redesigning the vehicle entirely. I do, I do think, and we know this already from the kind of the advances in automation already uh, taking place in the mining industry is that the retrofitting opportunity is, is huge. So these, uh, a lot of companies have large fleets of um, vehicles already. They don't want to remove all of them at massive capital expense. Um, so if we can retrofit on top of the um, current vehicles, then that is probably a really good next step. 
next generation of, of construction vehicles where there is no question that they will be uh, without a human, then capitalist designs will probably we will start to see. Uh, I think for large civil engineering, I, I don't think it's going to be uh, a humanoid appearance um, is likely to be the one that we'll see. But I do think you make a really, it's an interesting point because if we look at um, um, things like um, tasks which have to take place in very confined tight spaces um, or I mean, a classic example is 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 with the Daleks from Doctor Who not being able to go upstairs. We do see things like the Boston Spot uh, robotic dogs being used to use human infrastructure such as stairs, such as doors. Um, unless we completely change the way these these buildings are created, then we might be in a situation where actually having humanoid uh, robots isn't that unsensible if you need them to use the infrastructure that's already there for designed for humans. You mentioned this earlier, but I'm going to go back to it. Um, during the recent Bauer exhibition, there was a lot of talk about remote control and autonomous machines. And for the first time ever, and I've been doing this for a long while, for the first time ever, I heard equipment manufacturers mentioning the word ethics, as they're aware, obviously, of the potential impact that on human employment, you know, by robotization and, and automation and that kind of thing. That's still a challenge that needs to be overcome, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think the ethical implications of roboticization of construction is a major challenge that needs to be addressed. I don't think it's binary. Um, I, I do think it needs really, really close consideration. So I'd say if we took an example of um, how robotics or how robotics could remove jobs from the construction industry would be bricklaying. So in this case, the robot is able to lay bricks faster and more accurately than a human worker, which could lead to fewer bricklayers. But then if we look on the other hand, so an example of how robotics can increase job, jobs in the construction industry, we could look at drones for surveying and mapping. The use of drones will allow or reduce the amount of time and resources needed for surveying and actually allow for more accurate um, uh, data collection. This could lead to an increase in skilled drone operators, but also data analysts and uh, analysts re required for interpolation along, uh, interpolation as, long as, as well as planners. Um, and ultimately, this is reducing the risk of um, injury for the workers on site. So both of those uh, points, increasing jobs and actually making the jobs that we have already safer, are really a really positive um, ways that robots can can uh, be applied. Um, I mean, some of the strategies I think we need to be considering are things like training and education. So how can we provide better training and opportunities for the workers to um, adapt to an evolving um, working environment with robotics? I think collaboration between workers and engineers and how we how we design the implementation of robotics and technology is really important um, and then investing in uh, research and development and that how we can lead to more advanced robotic technologies which increases workers with those specialized skills um, and then finally i think an interesting idea would be in the encouragement of automation human co collaboration so instead of replacing human workers with robots entirely how can we put standards in place that companies can use robot robots to assist human workers which will ultimately lead to better productivity which the companies will love but also job satisfaction and, and a healthier healthier and safer lives there was a couple of interesting examples you gave there the the idea of of being less bricklayers so impacting sort of the blue collar end of the market and more um drone surveyors and, and estimators so increasing on the white collar it does it does feel like the um these robots that you're talking about these are the the, the slaves and the drones of the future by the sound i think <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it could be i mean it's about getting robots to do tasks that i think humans we, we don't want human brains and human souls to be doing um it's about uh, 
getting them to do things that we would consider too dangerous and ultimately that's going to lead to better quality um, of life for, for more people around the world. It's now more than five years since Balfour Beatty published a white paper um, that predicted that construction sites would be human-free zones by 2050. Is that a realistic pro uh, prospect? Uh, I think that prediction is that it's largely human-free as possible, um, but it's going to depend on the rate of progress with the technology and uh, the ability to overcome a couple of challenges that are holding things back. But I think with some of the advances that we're seeing, particularly in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and 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 kind of increased levels of, kind of IoT devices throughout industry, um, these are the things that are going to kind of get us to a quicker um, adoption of technology. I think there are some uh, kind of the way construct the construction industry will have to consider changes in need for the workforce, such as an aging population. And how do we meet those needs with technology? They have to be considered. I think one of the things that we, uh, which will be really interesting for the construction industry, is in this interoperability. So it's the ability for different systems or devices or software programs to work together. So I'd say in the context of robotics, it's all around how, if you took um, different robotic systems, such as a drone, excavator, and crane, how could they communicate with each other and share information in a more efficient way? Um, so an example of this in the mining industry is the use of autonomous drilling systems, which through, through a, uh, a combination of sensors, cameras, and GPS, um, navigate the mine and drill holes in the correct locations. But also uh, in the mining industry, when an excavator loads trucks, an autonomous truck that tr then transports the material back to the processing plant, and this is done um, by the use of GPS and the data collected while working, can actually improve the performance of other systems. Um, so one of the examples of interoperability in the construction industry uh, could be the use of building information modeling and, and robotic technology. So the um, BIM can be used to create a digital twin of the construction site. And then this could be used to simulate um, and plan construction processes and optimize the construction process. So by using robotic and the BIM together, you could achieve kind of greater precision and efficiency in construction sites. And ultimately that's going to lead to faster completion times, lower costs and hopefully um, improved uh, safety um, where you are replacing human workers in dangerous areas of the site. You've mentioned mining a couple of times. I guess one of the advantages that mining has is in most cases, particularly where you've got autonomous trucks operating right. in Australia and America and parts of Africa, is the fact that those mines tend to be miles from anywhere. There's not many people around. They're very remote. Is, is that still... Is, is that actually a drawback or is that a perceived drawback of, of unleashing a robot on an unsuspecting public in the middle of a city centre? No, I think you're bang on the money. I think I think the uh, the remoteness is a real advantage for this site. So we, we have deployments um, of our radar technology in, in Australia and one of the things they can do really easily to deploy safe robotics is they can geofence the location and say, actually, if we put an interlock system around this whole site, if it's, there will be no humans in, in the site, therefore we don't need to meet certain levels of functional safety integrity. Um, so having the ability to just geofence a location, it may be possible uh, in a remote location or an industrial site, but in a in a city building site would probably be quite difficult. So I think where, how, where the, how robots need to uh, work in construction sites, particularly in these inner city developments, there will be much more scrutiny over the integrity of how safe those systems are and how resilient they are to things like cyber um, cyber crimes. I think the the where we might see um, 
uh, I mean, we've kind of mentioned it before, but these, these civil engineering um, uh, construction sites, such as kind of tunnels or bridges, are probably, probably better suited at this point to to robotics, just because of the scale of them. Um, which means that any kind of small increases in efficiency or safety are magnified through the site. But also, the, you do have the option to maybe geofence parts of the system so that you don't need humans and robots working in such close proximity. Construction is a bit of a weird, a weird industry in that we are very keen on innovation and yet we are also resistant to change. Obviously, we, we have a deadline for the abolition of diesel on, on demolition and construction sites in the not-too-distant future. And yet, despite the fact that we, we need an alternative, there does seem to be a, a real reluctance to switch to electric or possibly hydrogen down the, down the line. Bearing in mind that you, this is what you do for a living, what do you see from construction companies? Are they welcoming you with open arms or are they, <laughs> are they treating you like the, uh, the devil himself? I, I think it's, I, I mean, generally people are pretty accepting of the idea that automation can lead to, to better operations. I mean, um, so I'd say typically we, we, in terms of where we're working, I think the construction industry typically from what we're seeing lags other industries in terms of the adoption of automation. I think we've kind of highlighted some of those challenges, um, but there is an acceptance that as long as we are improving uh, worker safety and making uh building operations more efficient, then there is an accepting that this is this is a good thing. I think from our side as a, a radar company, um, with our ability to operate any time of day and, and in and very adverse weather conditions, which you typically a human may not want to work in, this is opening up opportunities that I think the, the construction companies can see. I'd say the other aspect is we we do do quite a lot of work with universities and, and universities are a real kind of hotspot for, for where this uh, innovation is, go is going on and, and, and they are very, very keen to work with kind of high-end sensors like the ones we, we manufacture and design. Um, so those relationships with, with universities, with industry, but also our engagement with um, with government agencies is going to be really important as we as we look to hopefully shape the way construction adopts um, our technology. Sam, that's been absolutely fascinating. Where can people find out more about Navtech Radar, the company that pays so, for wages? Yeah, so you can find out more about Navtech Radar on, on our website, so just at navtechradar.com. Um, and uh, we have we have data sheets, but we also have data sets that we have available for people if they want to see uh, our, our radar technology in comparable locations. Um, and we've got application engineers and, and support engineers to help uh, with the adoption of our technology, that be through trials or through, through pilot projects. And, and hopefully we go to commercial deployment later down those timelines. Final question: How long before we see a robot on a UK construction site? So I, I, I think we're we're probably about seven years away uh, for, from kind of a beyond what you'd call a pilot, that something where we are seeing a an actual commercial deployment of, of robotics. I think we're kind of five to seven years away, and um, but there are pilots going on now, and I think in the next kind of let's say uh, two, to, two to three years, um, I would say watch this space for Navtech because we, we have some things coming in uh, w w in this um, in this in the, in the UK. So um, it's very exciting. But I'd say that's probably the time for us we're talking about. When that happens, you'll be welcome back anytime. Sam, you've been an absolute star. Thanks ever so much for the time today. And uh, look forward to seeing the developments in the future. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for watching or listening to Tech Foresights. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
Please be sure to share this with a friend or a colleague and don't forget to leave us a like, comment or a review. We really appreciate it. And please be sure to check back soon for another episode. Or better still, hit the subscribe button to be notified when each new episode drops.